Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with us today is professional podcaster, writer, you know him, I love him, Nathan Kay. How you doing, sir? Hi! The least professional, professional podcaster. Well, <laughs> the least professional, professional writer, but maybe, maybe I'm like not at the complete bottom of the podcasting. I mean, you've got a pretty long resume of hosting podcasts and like the number of shows that you do and also from a writing perspective the number of like things you've written over the years is pretty intense thanks on the podcast i've never written i've never published anything and that's what my that's where my intentions are set now i'm trying what about comics though i mean if you post something online does that mean it's published Mm? Huh? fair (laughs) but I, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like if I went to a writer's conference and they're like, oh, what have, what have you published? And I'm like, I, I, I took a picture of some comics I drew with my phone and uh, sent it to my email and uploaded it to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to my email. Uh, it's an important step along the, the path to getting published is uh, taking a picture and emailing it to yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, cool, but yeah, you may know Nathan from being a frequent guest on this show and his several podcasts that he runs. The one I appear the most on is Sylph Radio, which is a Pokemon podcast geared towards adults, and uh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. How's that been going these days? Going great. That's the one. Um, that's the one I've currently been focusing on. Uh, I've I, like you said I've got a bunch but we're doing a bit of restructuring so it it, it uh I love podcasting self radio is going good Pokemon is always fun to talk about it never gets old because there's just so many different angles you can approach it from you know yeah it's a huge world and like the fandom is so much and there's so many games and so much to explore within that like yeah I love Self Radio. It's a really good show. It's for adults, whereas this is an all ages show. But any uh, you know mature listeners, I think you should check it out if you haven't yet. It's definitely one of my favorite podcasts, and that's the reason why I reached out to Nathan was I was a fan of the show, and so and now we're friends, and it's cool, and the internet, yay! Ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> I agree. It's very cool. Right on. Um, we have done several episodes of this show together, uh, but they were all based on like kind of specific properties from pop culture. This topic you brought to us is uh, one we've been talking about for months and months now, maybe even a year, and it's kind of an oddball one. Um, But yeah, we're going to be going into everyone's favorite, you know, place of uh, torment, uh, evil, and suffering. It's heck. Um, And it goes by many names. And one of those I think I'm going to be censoring when if or when we say it uh because i think that's funny because it's like the gentlest swear but it is also (laughs) like it's kind of a important and can be like profane and like i don't know talking about religious stuff is always interesting like i personally think religion is fascinating although i don't believe in anything like i'm an agnostic atheist but um religion is a really sacred thing to some people um and so yeah treating it with some sensitivity or maybe a warning at the front maybe this sentence would count as that of saying hey if you're um religious or or if you're offended by people talking about the afterlife uh in kind of a fun way then maybe this is not the best episode for you uh but you're welcome to hang out and find out how you feel so there you go 
Yeah, I I uh I feel like with religion, I've also always found it a fascinating subject. But uh, if you're familiar with my work, you know I have a bit of a like, um, not a crass sense of humor, but like. Uh, there was a word I thought of, but it's gone now. Um, is it uh, mm. when you? Mm. <laughs> what is that word? It has an edge to it, but I I don't. Um, Certain cultures, you know, especially the further back in time you go, uh, were a lot less uh, were a lot less concerned with like um, what would be the word? I can't think of words right now, but like the word for like not taking something seriously. Like That's what I was they, going for about your sense of humor is that word. Um, or, or they take it seriously, but you know, the people who the people who were terrified of Zeus. And and felt it was like their obligation to like worship and give praises to Zeus. Also wrote funny stories about how he got yelled at by his wife and did a lot of really inappropriate things that we can't talk about on this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, there wasn't this like association with like spiritual thought with like piety and like uh, th- like it didn't. I don't know. The obscene wasn't always kicked out of the club in old or in certain cultures i don't know yeah the the word i was looking for was irreverent i think irreverent thank you yes okay we were both stuck on that same one because yeah i do think that that's an interesting thing about listening to several of your different podcasts like when you talk about kind of religious topics is you have you understand that it's important to some people but uh that everything deserves to be kind of questioned or poked at or satirized in a way and i think keeping something on a pedestal and like can be dangerous in a way or takes a lot of power away from the humans. Whereas things, if like your faith or whatever is something you can actually question and work through yourself, then it becomes much more meaningful and much more real. And it's, it can be a beautiful thing for sure. Yeah. You can't engage with something that you have on a pedestal. Like you can't reach it. You can't engage with it at all. Even if you're not doubting your faith, how are you going to engage with it? If you've got it up there on a pedestal like that, that's that doesn't work that doesn't work in human relationships that doesn't work with yeah wow that's that's beautiful yeah i for some reason i've always loved uh i've always think that religion is really interesting at least once i got away from the religion i was raised in then i gained a lot more respect for the whole field Um, but now i love it like i really like listening to podcasts about religion and doing research and documentaries and all that stuff really gets me and for some reason, this is like an odd thing, but the only songs or music that ever gives me like goosebumps on my arm are when lyrics are like specifically about questioning God or like something like that, like kind of edgy lyrics about God always get me for some reason, always gives me goosebumps. It's really weird. I don't know why that is, but I think it's fascinating and I like um, exploring that. Well, I think, uh, never mind. <laughs> get me started on the, con- I-, I think like God as a, concept is a lot bigger than like the Webster's dictionary definition will give you, but also a lot smaller and simpler. And it, it's, I think as a poetic concept, it is very, as a poetic concept, like nobody doesn't believe in God. Like it, it, it is a poetic, it is an apt poetic concept that works. Wow. That's a really good point. That's cool. Um, so yeah, heck is generally a bad place. <laughs> but we are wanting to go there and invite other people to go there uh, in a theme park context. I'm so excited about this idea. 
I, to be clear, there was I wasn't totally sure because, like you said, we've been bandying around this idea for a while. Are we when we say we're doing a heck theme park? Does that mean are we differentiating heck from the word you're going to bleep out if I say it? I don't think so. I think it's the same word. Okay, so it's not like a cheaper, more family friendly oh, no. version of. No, no. Okay, because that could be funny. fun in and of itself. But... <laughs> yeah, that's true. We could do like a kitty version, the kitty land version um yeah no i don't i don't think so i think it's the whole thing the whole shebang um plus no matter what word your culture used to use for this place uh you know when the king james version of the bible comes through they're going to change it all to be he double sippy straws anyway so whatever word you're using is going to get translated to be the same thing because they all yeah they all borrow from each other there's so many different cultures that have a concept like this most most classical religions, I think, have some version of the bad place that you go. And yeah, having a, a representation of those things, while it may be blasphemous in some religions, can also be a lot of fun. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, it can, it, it, it's difficult, but it's uh, it can be. I mean, that's a lot of what I think the fun of Haunted Houses is as mm. well. Um and I think there's something, you know, low-key therapeutic about those experiences or else we wouldn't seek them out. You know, evolutionarily, our biology wouldn't favor that impulse. Wow, that's a really good point. I like that. I, yeah, I like, you know, being scared is fun. Um, bad boys and, like, the dark side and antiheroes and all those things. There's something in our psyche that likes those. Maybe some of us more than others. But, yeah, I've always been drawn to the darkness even though you know on the outside i'm a very like out outgoing optimistic chipper person i'm much more um Odie than garfield personally but uh yeah there's some some darkness in there and i really like exploring that kind of stuff i also like kind of the rebellion of that of the fact that it's not the mainstream it shouldn't be a place you want to go but that makes me curious about it you know that's what makes an amusement park of it fun. Actually going there would not be fun, but then the amusement park, you can like vicariously, you know, live through it. And right. This has been a really fun topic to research getting ready for this podcast because it's such a broad thing and it comes from so many different cultures and there's something so something i don't know so universal about it because people from all over the world throughout the millennia have come up with very similar concepts so it must be something that really connects with humans in that yeah so so would we be borrowing from all different cultures here in this in this theme park i I think we could. We could do, um, you know, an Epcot type thing of of all the different like, <laughs> religions, versions of what this place would contain or different attractions could be inspired by different ones. The um, dining area like... could be the, the realm of the hungry ghosts. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And yeah, I, I'm curious more about the kind of Buddhist connection because I know there is a, Buddhism has a, thing that's kind of like hell i think it's called naraka um 
Yeah, Naraka. Well, I was going to say, you probably know more about this than I do, but like there's there's kind of a specific number of years, and it's like huge. Like I think it's in like the millions of years. But you basically have a sentence where you're kind of like working off your your karma or whatever, trying to bring balance back to what impact you've had on the world. And then once that's done, you can move on to another another stage or something like that. There's so many... It's it's tough. It's like with Buddhism especially, um, there's so many different kinds of Buddhism. You know, with Christianity, there's so many different kinds of Christianity. But And I don't mean this derisively, but like the differences between them are trivial. I don't mean... Again, I don't, I'm not minimizing anything or trivializing, even though I use that word. Um, <laughs> compared to like with Buddhism, the differences between Mahayana Buddhism and Soto Zen Buddhism are... are incredibly different and uh you know it could be everything from like a simple meditation practice to like a complex cosmology of deities and realms and uh anywhere in between that scale but i think the most common understanding of ha- oh i'm sorry of heck in buddhism <laughs> you can say it I'll, I'll bleep it with some kind of sound effect there's very often a um like a hierarchy of realms so that there's different universes that you get born into depending on your karma. So like if you do good in this life, you go up one level. If you do bad, you go down one level. And uh, yeah. And that's where like the, the realm of the hungry ghosts, for example, is a, uh, is one of those levels on there where you're forever hungry, but you can never like satiate your, yeah I, I love how many of the depictions of this place have like poetic justice um so yeah something that i'm really fascinated by is the divine comedy in dante's you know inferno in particular the inferno part is about the place we're talking about and so many of the different circles are kind of poetic justice like your punishment fits your crime in a way in like a it's not comfortable like it's obviously a punishment um but they're really kind of interesting or clever and um yeah then also in in hinduism the their version of naraka has a total of 28 different hells and um each of them is kind of geared towards specific punishments for specific sins and it's an interesting thing like there's it's very diverse like the same punishment doesn't go to everyone it depends on what you did and what you need to learn from Right. Yeah. Yeah. Buddhism borrows a lot from that as well. And Hinduism in general, I mean, um, yeah, but when I, when it really gets the most fun though, of course, is, is when it's, when it's at, it's like, I, I, I like the pop culture in visit visage of heck, uh, yeah. the, the fire, the demons with pitchforks, the, the gambling and drinking and smoking and debauchery and I, yeah, torture. I love that stuff. Like I love in the Simpsons or Looney Tunes or whatever, or even like old black and white cartoons. Whenever they go to that place, it seems pretty cool. Like the devil is always depicted in a cool and like fun way, and is just an interesting character. To, like across the board, I think fascinating character. Um, but yeah, it is a really fun and interesting thing. Um, I remember talking to Maddie, who was a previous guest on our show. She did the um, Phoenix Wright episode. We were talking about this concept. I was like, oh, my friend just told me that we he had this idea to do an episode based on Heck. And uh, 
she was like, I remember in Rocco's Modern Life when she was a you know little girl, there was an episode where um, there was an elevator that went down there, and the sign above it spe- said H E L L, and that like terrified her because she had always like you know it always been heck or like people kind of censored it and bleeped it. So seeing Rocco's Modern <laughs> Life use the word itself, and then Rocco was actually going there, she like she had nightmares about it, and she said the scariest thing was just literally like the word being spelled out so explicitly was horrifying and i think that's so funny and so cute that like these pop culture things like they're they're tropes they're classics but sometimes showing them to a kid is still scary it's kind of fun like even just the concept existing is scary yeah i mean those taboos and like yeah like it's drilled into you at such a like a, a formative age that it's hard for it not to still be there even even in a way when you've you know when you've already outgrown a lot of that uh actual fear right yeah what an interesting thing and like the concept of it being so powerful as especially someone who believes in eternal life then there is this possibility of eternal punishment like that's pretty hardcore like I, I the consequences there are huge um and brutal and like yeah some some different depictions of this place are not that horrible they're just more like mundane or boring or like uncomfortable but the ones which are like eternal punishment if you have an immortal soul there can be eternal conscious torment like the fact that you're conscious the whole time and it's eternal that's just not comfortable um, and that's the thing that was popularized by St. Augustine um, based on a lot of Plato's earlier ideas. Um, for example, in The Republic, there's a character called Ur who goes into a coma and goes on this kind of like vision quest thing and comes back and tells everyone about it. And that's supposedly like one of the first forms of where humans learned about this was a fictional character did this thing. So that's probably what's real. And then it gets kind of spread around and injected into different religions and it is a functional thing like that fear is good for teaching people you know if if you're just like hey um you shouldn't hit your sister because it's bad it's like well that's one thing but if you say hey if you hit your sister you you will be eternally punished for that after you're dead that's just terrifying like it it has a lot of weight and a lot of power for for training purposes well right and and i don't think you know on one level i think that's that's become such a like popular cultural motif that it's like drilled in. Like, I don't think of my concept of God is not like this punishing, uh, uh, resentful figure, but that's such a powerful figure in like the popular consciousness of what the word God means that it, it is hard for me to sometimes not, think about the world that way and think like I'm going to make decisions that are going to result in my ruin. Cause the, cause the universe is going to be like, Nope, you had a chance to not do that. And, um, but like on that level, it's not when, when you say it's, it's, it's a good motivating, uh, lie, you know, in a way, <laughs> yeah. um, to, to tell people you're, if you do these bad things, the terrible ruins can happen to you. That's true. But I think that's often evoked as if, as if a sh- a shady room full of cigarette smoking men in suits were like, let's come up with a fairy tale that we can get these 
clueless saps to buy into and do what they're supposed to (laughs) and eat their veggies and go to bed on time. But I think it's more like it's a biological impulse. It's a, Mm. it's a, it's, you are wired to like run away and to, to recognize that like the things you do have consequences for your well being and stuff. And that, yeah. And, uh, with someone with anxiety, I'm very familiar with the concept of like thinking about like, is this decision going to result in my eternal suffering? <laughs> you know, like this minor decision or even a not minor decision, you know, of like doing something terrible is probably not going to result in eternal suffering because that's just a nonsense concept. It doesn't, it's not a real, that, does, that doesn't make sense. But, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, it it's not I, I, I I've never liked the idea that it's just like people making up fairy tales to lie to people with. It's like, no, these stories are like inherently meaningful and they do have an inherent truth and value that yeah. Anthropologically yeah. speaking is is fascinating. Yeah, that's a really great point. And yeah, I think it's it's a tool. You can use it for a lot of different things, but I do think like you said, it's a almost natural in a way. It's very human, like I said. Like it, there's something you know, good and evil. We like these kinds of basic things, and ideally, if you're evil, then you have to get some kind of punishment. If you're good, you have to get some kind of reward. And yeah, the, those concepts have been around for a long time for us. Right, and it is evident in nature, just not to the extent that you know we mythologize it as you know, like literal figures making you know, carefully considered decisions to punish, you know, like, I, but that does, that does raise the impress, important question, which is, do we want our guests to have a good time at this park? Are we, <laughs> are we actually trying to have a fun park that's like imitating hell, but you're like, oh my God, this is so cool and fun. Oh, take a picture. Huh? You know, right. or it, are we actually going, no, this is torment. You sign a waiver we're going to make you hate this experience. You will be tortured. Like, You'll, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, and maybe that would be the difference between focusing on heck versus focusing on hell. Maybe which, like, heck is the the carnival cartoony version, and hell is like a brief glimpse into your future if you don't start obeying the word of scripture. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like you get there's there's both types of attractions, and you either sign the the waiver or you don't and if you sign the waiver you get the hell pass pardon my French. If, you, if you don't you get the heck pass and so that way like you can't just halfway through go you know what i'm fine doing this and then get on the ride they'll be like no you don't like you ha-, you know like so at the start you've thought about it and you've went and certain rides That's will be great. like go test your endurance see if you can get waterboarded or whatever oh my gosh yeah see how long you can make it until you tap out uh, I just want to say, I think it's important to say that this should not happen and no part, it would be wildly socially <laughs> irresponsible for somebody to make a park like that because people aren't smart enough to not do things that aren't good for yeah. them. Yeah. Like well, that. people like a challenge. Like there's, um, you know, escape rooms and haunted house type attractions where it's like, you have to sign a waiver. You won't have rights during this. Like we are allowed to like touch you and like handcuff you and like hurt you. And people go do those things. Like they pay a lot of money for those things. And people people do weird stuff, man. But uh, so depending on the country we're setting this in, maybe we would do this. I don't know. We'll we'll see. People would travel from around the world to uh, fulfill these weird things they've always wanted to do. 
Oh, and then we don't need to pay employees. Our employees could just, we could just put unpaid labor in the indentured in the service. Yeah. If you want to be a yeah gold tier on the health pass, uh, you have to work here for ten years. I like that. I like that a lot. And so maybe the entrance to the park. Um, first of all, I like the idea of using a, a gate like in uh, Dante's Inferno that says "Abandon hope, all who enter here," um, because that is what that quote is from is on the gates to, um, I think, the first layer, which um, I was thinking the, the entrance to the park could be kind of a purgatory, which is essentially a waiting room. You're waiting on judgment, and that's where we can have the two different lines. Like, what kind of pass do you want? Are you going to Heckland or Heckland? Um, are you going to be on the surface? Or are you going underneath? Like, you know, those kinds of things. This could be a place of, of learning about that and, and finding out what your fate is. I think the the heck and the heck attractions should be mixed together throughout the park. So like okay. if me and you went there together and I wasn't trying to do the extreme stuff, but you were, we could still walk around and um but I do love your idea of taking the inspiration of the different levels of of hack and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, depicting that somehow in the structuring of the park. I like that a lot and I think that potentially the further down you go, the less heck like kitty attractions there are and the more hardcore stuff yeah gets. <laughs> as you get to the deeper layers and that's where a lot of like you know the bars and casinos you have to have these things there so maybe a lot of that is located in the lower sections where there's a heavier concentration of um there's still there's still heck tr- attractions because people adults might want to go drink but not get tortured um, but then there's <laughs> they might. a lot more of the like yeah. extreme attractions. But yeah, yeah, the torture, all the dungeons and all that is down there. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, I love that. That sounds really fun. I had kind of thought that that purgatory and limbo were essentially the same thing. I feel like we use those interchangeably, but evidently purgatory is a temporary place. Whereas limbo is actually like forever, quote unquote. Limbo is an actual layer of heck. Whereas purgatory is like a a separate thing. And in purgatory, you can also work off your sins and it's kind of a a progression kind of thing, almost like in Buddhism or something where you're, you can make progress and make change. Um, You're, you know, you can't. You came into the afterlife with this set of punishments, or because of your sins, you can work those off and get redemption, or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but but in the the Christian version of limbo, before Jesus, everyone who died went to limbo, which seems really weird to me. And I, I'm sure that different schools of thought exist for this. But in the research I've done, like you would go to the limbo of the patriarchs or limbo of the fathers, also known as the bosom of Abraham. And everyone who died before Jesus went here. And it was just like, you just kind of like hang out. Like it's not a punishment. It's just kind of like a boring place. And you're just there for however many hundreds of years or thousands of years until this one guy comes around to the world and gets crucified. And then he comes down there and is like, hey, uh, you guys are good now. Um, It's unclear whether he takes those people to heaven or that's when heaven is created. Maybe that purga- or that limbo is turned into paradise. It's hard to say exactly, but it's kind of an interesting thing. So I don't know if we would need to represent limbo here or if limbo is just gone now, now that Jesus is, has happened 
everyone's good to go. And this is based on the Christian version, by the way. Well, Limbo is a level of Limbo is a level of heck, though. It is in the Inferno, which Dante was a like devout cath or devout Christian, and so a lot of his content huh. is is also comes from um, the Odyssey. A lot of his stuff, but a lot of it's drawn from the Bible and kind of his own mind of what he thought it should look like. So yeah, the first circle of heck is actually limbo. Purgatory is a separate part of the Divine Comedy that's not in the Inferno. So purgatory parking. Yeah, the parking <laughs> lot is all, that's purgatory. And the line to get in the park, there's a really long, boring <laughs> yep. line with just nothing remarkable around. Um, there's all the dust you can eat. Um, it's not too hot, <laughs> it's not too cold. Um, there's some uh, Sumerian afterlife is just in the yeah ancient sumerian afterlife depictions are you're just thirsty and you just eat dust and it's just extremely so boring <laughs> the foods the foods that we could like that oh my god you get like can i get an extra large dust please and it's just a big <laughs> cup with a little bit of dust at the bottom it's not even a lot of dust uh, it's just a, a little, little bit dust. of dust yeah and there's no <laughs> drinks either um but yeah the, in the the way that they viewed the afterlife was it doesn't really matter what sins you've done or what accomplishments you've done. It matters kind of your social standing and who respects you. That's how you get elevated to a higher class. So I think in the park, that would just represent different kind of ticketing levels. Like if you're willing to pay $50 extra, you can wait in the nice air conditioned line where there's concessions and beautiful artwork. But most people, um, you know, your family's not honoring you. You were not well known. You did not have like a great fortune or anything. So you just have to stand in this long, boring line and eat dust. Even better yet, that line um, that is all the $50 line where it's it's got the artwork and it's air conditioned is always full with actors. And so you're never <laughs> able to actually purchase uh, one of the $50 There's passes. Beautiful, um, beautiful, attractive people having a ton of fun and you can look in, but you can't get over there. You can't actually buy the ticket. Right. It's Man, just to make you brutal. think that you're <laughs> that like you got the, the bad end of the stick. It, it lets you know how bad you have it and how boring this line is. Although yes. it is entertaining to be able to see them. So maybe there's just like a peephole every 100 feet. So you're standing in line for like 15 minutes and you get another glimpse at what they're, they're doing in the other line. And then you have to sit there quietly and eat your dust. Uh, it sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, I love this. Um, there, there's. I love so, this. <laughs> You're twisted. What kind of not? Yeah, what kind of not extreme attractions would we have for the people that just want to go to a fun amusement park that's that's just hack inspired? Well, I think that one of the things that would be a big draw um, is something that is seen in the Inferno in the first layer which there's actually a big castle. I'm picturing this could be like our Disney's castle type thing. Um, the first layer has a bunch of like um, writers and like well-known, you know, presumably good people, but they existed before Christianity. So obviously they have to go to hell. Um, oh, wait, they don't get out when Jesus shows up? I don't think so because they would have never had the <laughs> chance to convert. It's pretty unfair. Like they should have been grandfathered right. in or something. And right. I think depending on your context, when when Jesus went to limbo, maybe that's where all the, the pre-Christian good people were. Well, actually, wait, that is the case. If you had died 
um, like in the Old Testament, if you died, you go to limbo. Then when Jesus comes, he's like, you know, we never had a chance to meet, but I'm sure we would have hit it off. I'm sure you would have converted to uh, Christianity instead of just your form of pre-Christianity. So we're good. Come on up. Like, we're going to, to uh, paradise. But I don't know. I'm sure other places, I've definitely heard this um, from certain Christian faiths, is if you didn't convert during your life to Christianity, then you are doomed or whatever. So if you died before Jesus, then you're kind of doomed yeah. i'm sorry to say it but luckily <laughs> thank goodness this theme park is opening after christ has already whatever <laughs> so so all of our park guests are good to go is um, kind of a representation of Elysium, which is an ancient Greek version of sort of a paradise where it's it's for relatives of the gods and other heroes and potentially people that they kind of invite, like they each get a plus one or something. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful, bright castle. Um, the first layer of hell was actually beautiful in Dante's Inferno, but it is pretty somber. And so I just, that combination of things sounds so cool as like, um, the thing to draw people into the park like there's a big beautiful disney castle but it's like kind of somber although it's bright and represents paradise there's just all these really great you know pagan thinkers and pre-christian people wandering around and i love the idea of having people in costume dressed as plato or whatever who you can go to and you know talk to and these figures that um in dante's journey he and virgil go and kind of talk to a bunch of different people and being able to walk around and talk to them in a theme park would be so like nerdy first of all but also really fun um for those nerds i'm into it you know what i never knew until very recently was um the word pandemonium where the word pandemonium comes from i don't know where it comes from it's the capital city of hell it's pandemonium like the the city of all the demons pan demon eum like pandemonium That's yeah. wild. Dude, that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> so that would that would have to be represented in some way. Like uh, that's got to be where all the like nightclubs are and the, yeah. the casinos and, and and there's a couple of different like cities that are that are on that uh downward <laughs> trajectory through the nine circles, which the nine circles thing was that did predate Dante, but he for sure popularized it just like St. Augustine popularized a lot of Plato's ideas about the afterlife. Um, but I just love that it's kind of funny that they essentially made it into a theme park. Like they made it into a physical location that you can go make a video game of. You know, like Dante's Inferno, the video game, for example, is like, yeah, this is pretty rad and it kind of sounds like a Castlevania game. So let's just go ahead and make this into a, a 3D, you know, action game. And in a way, like, do you think maybe Dante would have become a video game developer had he been born nowadays? That's a, like, I mean, that's a good question. He's telling a, a journey, you know, like of, uh, of with a bunch of different demons and stuff. Uh, it's it's it is like he's he's designing. You know, me and you talked recently about virtual spaces, and mm-hmm. um, like that's what he's like that impulse to like create a world that you can progress through. Which a lot of that that creative impulse gets out nowadays, you know, a lot of times with gaming. 
Right. And there's a certain kind of mindset, I think, that likes to organize things and put together like themed areas and design theme parks and stuff like that. And I think I, I think Dante Alighieri would have been a really cool guest for Amusement Sparks, um, <laughs> you know, if he hadn't died 700 years ago. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> Dante Alighieri. He seemed like a pretty interesting guy. I guess he had like a big beef with the Pope and like he got exiled out of Florence and like there was all kinds of stuff that he got into, even though he was a devout Christian. He was also like very intensely um, specific about what he thought was okay and who he thought was doing wrong. And part of his wanting to write this book is is almost as um, a satire of specific living characters that were his contemporaries of that guy's a jerk. So I'm going to write this layer of hell about him and kind of show him there and being like, haha, you're here because of what you did. That's like this huge sin. And it seems like he was being pretty earnest about it. Like he was being genuine and he really believed a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's a work of fiction, but I think that he really thought that this is probably what the actual afterlife is like for sinners. It's wild. So there's what, nine levels of heck? Yeah, there are nine, nine levels. Um, according to Dante. Um, and yeah, the first layer is, is where the unbaptized and various you know, pre-Christian folks go. So it would be a cool place to get signatures from some of your favorite you know, authors of, of classical works of literature. Um, there's a lot of good people there. It's a beautiful place. And it's kind of a transition area. You know, this limbo area is not, it doesn't quite feel like the Inferno. And it also doesn't quite feel like purgatory. Perhaps in there, there could be a lot of the like educational content. And so like, it's the first layer, it's the most family friendly. Um, if you're the type of parent who is really concerned about bringing them to a educational edifying experience, <laughs> but you're also right. okay with heck. Um, right. Yeah, you can come there and you can learn about the different types of world religions, not just things that pertain to limbo, but that's, that's what our limbo will be, you know, and like, mm -hmm. I don't. That's my idea that I'm proposing, at least. And this is a joke, but it would be funny to be because this is all based on Christian mythology. If there's an area where it's like, um, here's other incorrect religions. Like there's an area, an exhibit about <laughs> religions of the world, and it's like these are all wrong. Obviously, like um, I just think it'd be funny to like be tongue in cheek about that. Like, oh yeah, these are the false, false and lying gods over here. Yeah, are we going? Is this explicitly a Christian or are we... I, it doesn't have to be. It definitely doesn't have to be. And I think it would be good to avoid that. Um, I don't know. That maybe the uh, we'd get more financial backing if we went purely Christian with it. I don't know. Or uh, we'd get more field trips, you know? <laughs> what I'm picturing is that, you know, like I feel like in shows, American shows like The Simpsons or something, for example there's this tacit understanding. Like, I think the way the Simpsons has always treated, uh, the, the continuity of the Simpsons, at least, I don't mean the actual intentions of the writers, but like the continuity of that world is like Christianity is mostly true, but Christianity is also mostly false. Um, and it's <laughs> the heck is so it's like this, this pop culture version where like most of the, like motifs and, and ideas about hack come from Christianity, mm -hmm. but Christianity is a made up religion within that world. And so that's kind of how I'm picturing this maybe. Yeah, I think so. And, and there's so many, um, 
tropes and things that are inspired by other religions and previous religions and the ancient Greeks, etc. So I think it would be hard to be purely saying, no, this is just the Christian version. Whatever the Greeks said was wrong because the Greek stuff pre obviously predates it and obviously has some things that have been lifted to be put into the Christian depiction. So I think being really hard about it and saying like, this is who's right and this is who's wrong is going to be really messy, even if you believe that. <laughs> I've got it. I think what we should do is, so it's all presented just straightforward information. It doesn't say this is the right, but anywhere that information is delivered in the park should like a map, you know, like brochures, like uh, information booths should be like the information booths should be called lies and deception booths. And, <laughs> what? And all the, so like when you're learning about stuff, the idea is everything you learn here is, is lie and deception. But that's not true. That's part of the fun of the park. So it's like if you're like, <laughs> where are the bathrooms? You go to the lies and deception booth and look at the map and, and it tells you that's where they really weird. are. Yeah. But they call it a lie, you know. I like that. That's it's this is what I think is so fun. It's kind of like a, there's like a certain punk playfulness um in this kind of stuff of like you can't trust these people. Like these are all liars. These are all playful people who are here for eternity being punished. So I think that if they had a chance to mess with somebody that they would go ahead and take that. <laughs> like there's a lot of potential for um for those kinds of things. And like the people who are here, you're you're mistreating them. It's kind of like um um, Dick's Last Resort or like um, Ed DeBevick's um, where it's kind of fun to be mistreated. It's kind of fun to be made fun of to your face and we would do those kinds of things all the time. Oh my goodness. That made me think about like who are the other people that we're seeing and up until now I've just imagined you know the mascots, the people in costumes, the quote-unquote cast members walking around would be mostly in like demon and imp costumes. But no, we've got to have some historical figures. Let's pay for the likeness rights of like Jimi Hendrix and stuff, <laughs> even though that'd be in po horribly poor taste. And That's you could awesome. like get your picture taken torturing Hitler or, or like, <laughs> or get your picture taken being tortured by a demon, you know? Right. It's like walking down Hollywood Boulevard or like, you know, any of those places, Las Vegas, where there's just like people in Spider-Man costumes and like there's uh Captain Jack Sparrow, like there's just people in costumes for some reason, but they're kind of like in specific areas um, that are like a reference to their their original works or whatever. Like, I think that would be so funny um, to have mascot characters from all different like pop culture things and basically what circle of hell they would have ended up in. Now we're opening up. Not only can we have attractions that are themed around uh, spookiness and 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 torture and fire, but also Historical. You could have Ben Franklin's kite flyer ride. That sounds boring, but you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, no, that's cool. Like a ride with like lightning motif and like thunder all around, and you're yeah, that that sounds really cool. Um, why do you think? Why would Ben Franklin have gone to? Just because everyone in the past, and I feel like in pop culture, like everyone goes to heck. Maybe just because the standards are so <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that most historical figures have some pretty bad stuff on their records. Like, I think we could find an appropriate circle for each of them, more or less. Maybe <laughs> not everyone, but I love that idea, and that gives us a lot more room for attractions.
Right. So so Limbo doesn't necessarily have a ton of things that are just jumping off the page to me, like or jumping to the front of my imagination for like attractions. But I think a place to walk around, um, kind of a big plaza and places to eat, your first sustenance since the dust in Purgatory, maybe. Um, but then, yeah, we'll uh, descend from here. Um, we can go to the Lies and, Inf- Lies and Deception thing. And it says, like, where the heck are you or something like that. Or how the heck do I get to uh, level two? So we descend to the next circle, which is of lust, um, which the description here is that there's the souls are being blown around by wind um, without the hope of rest. So like two lovers can see each other, but can never actually reach each other. It kind of reminds us of the purgatory line we were just in, where we got to see all the cool actors and models in this fake line, and we get to sit in the boring one. It's kind of like that. It's like, it's... uh, a lot of like temptation and not letting you get what you want it sounds really frustrating but also really windy and so this could be a place for like fast roller coasters i always love standing underneath a roller coaster when it's going and like you get that big rush of the sound and the wind of it flying past you i picture that happening all over the place here yeah that's great the idea of it being lust is is tough with you're like oh it's only the second level then the kids don't get to go any farther but like (laughs) no i like that take a different approach with it we could take that in the uh thrill seeking yeah that's where all the crazy fun thrill seeking rides are and the roller coasters and the uh spin them arounds and yeah that's cool yeah i don't know what other attractions we would have here necessarily the idea of a lust based theme park attraction is kind of odd uh (laughs) yeah yeah that makes it seem like you wouldn't even want to call it lust because people would just assume that it you know what i mean they're not going to associate it with roller coasters (laughs) right hmm it's an interesting one lust for thrills bloodlust oh of course everyone loves a good bloodlust um that's so much more appropriate than romantic lust you know (laughs) i agree that's what we should be showing our children on television uh yes we need to let people know that the lies and deception boards uh are accurate with what's on which circle so if you want to skip the lust conversation uh and just move on to the next sin you can just skip level two and maybe there's uh, some sort of highway that you can take. Like there's a, a thrill ride that goes from the first circle all the way to the ninth circle. That's an ACDC themed thing. I think that would be fun. Or, you know, maybe the, the park, you know, we have unlimited budget, unlimited budget, you know, like because of the scope of our imaginations. But sometimes it's good to like to give yourself those limitations. And maybe it doesn't have to be all nine levels directly the same um, as cool as it would be to do that, as indulgent it would be and decadent. But, it's also um, gluttonous. Maybe, yeah, like this is a good way to get like the inspiration from the park, but like we don't need to obligate ourselves to replicating it exactly. I'm with you. I like that. Or it could even be kind of um, more of a spectrum kind of thing. It doesn't need to be like by floor on an elevator or elevator in this case. Um Sorry to young Maddie if I we just traumatized you again with that <laughs> elevator from Rocco's Modern Life. Um, but we should have that, though. That should be in purgatory. Uh, you can take the elevator down. Um, yeah, you're yes. right, though. We don't have to necessarily, like, 
go floor by floor, it can be more of like, here's an attraction from this level, here's an attraction from that level or that circle. Ooh, every time the, the doors shut to the elevator and like, like people get on and then the doors shut behind them and you're standing there watching, you, it should play like a noise like ding, like the, like the, the cord snaps <laughs> and everyone's screaming as they plummet to their dooms. I think that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> I also like the idea too, if, if like there's a screen on the back of the doors, so like you're looking at the outside of the elevator, you're not getting on it, you're just seeing it close. The doors seem to shut most of the way and then they shut, like they shut all the way and then the elevator goes down and then there's like an explosion or like a burst of fire shoots up across. So it looks like they just went down in flames. But actually, they're probably safe in there. You hear all the screams and the flickering yes. of the fire, and like it blasts heat out at you. And you're like, "Whoa!" Yes, that's pretty rad. Yes, that, <laughs> we'll use all the money that we we saved from scrapping lust as an entire yeah. layer and spend or it on the, it. Mm-hmm. the f- enclosed well, flame in our elevators. <laughs> and maybe there's like um, something like down in the at the bottom. That is, you know, in the the pure, you have to have a full pass to even get to that floor, which is called like the second circle or something, and that's like the the club that's like lust focused. Um, it's like, yeah, it's it's yeah. sure it's on the ninth level, but it's called second circle. You know what it's about? Oh my god, the second circle! What a great that does great. sound cool, doesn't it? Should be a yeah. dating app or something. <laughs> oh man, um, so yeah, the third circle is gluttony uh which is uh, the people there are stuck in the mud and getting hit by freezing rain and hail it's guarded by uh cerber cerber i don't know how to say it um and uh yeah there's a bunch of like ordinary people here and yeah they're just stuck in the mud just getting buffeted by uncomfortable things and it's it's for gluttony i don't quite understand this one like it's not as like poetic justice type thing but that's what's on the third floor yeah that's interesting stuck in the mud so what could we do that's fun with that perhaps this is yeah this is the this is where it's messy and crazy and like you know like they've got those like woodstock dance parties or like the i was just picturing that like Jimi hendrix would be in this floor maybe like not that he's gluttonous but that it's woodstock themed or something yeah it could be a venue (laughs) that's great it could be a I venue, and yeah, that would be wonderful. And it's specifically like messy, and, and yeah, that's never been my thing. But I mm-hmm. love that as a, I wouldn't want to go there. I would skip right past. I don't. I do not like foam parties or any of that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, cool. Like I said, I have anxiety. I don't want to be covered in foam. <laughs> The good thing about being eternally punished is you can just freely come and go as you want to. You know? yeah. <laughs> so if you don't like it, Nathan, you don't have to go there. It's it's purely by choice. Um, <laughs> the uh, next circle is is uh, avarice and prodigality, uh, or you could say greed. Um, mm. It's things that are not in moderation. And something I think is interesting about Dante, what that Dante was able to add here, kind of editorially, was greed can go in multiple directions you can be greedy about um spending all your money you can be so it's basically overindulging which is similar to gluttony i suppose but yeah so he had a bunch of people here who have been hoarding their money and also a bunch of people who have been squandering their money those are both considered greed to dante Mm. um 
Yeah, and in the in Dante's Inferno, they actually don't talk to anyone here. They just kind of like walk through. So I imagine there's no good attractions here. They're just like, yeah, this one's greed. All right, let's get out of here. It's just empty. It's just right. a big empty stretch that you have to walk through. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, Pluto, the mythological king of the underworld, hangs out on the fourth fourth level, fourth circle for some reason. So mm. that's an interesting character. You can get your signature with him, uh, from him, whatever. Hades, but, uh, oh, as I the like The way to that this him. one... Yeah, yeah. Hades... And also, Hades is sometimes used to describe limbo. Like, some... It's a, it's a synonym, according to some people, that Hades is basically the Greek version of limbo, where it's, it's not that bad. It's part of the underworld, but, like, in, in the early Bible, um, that's one of the translations of that bosom of Abraham thing where Jesus goes to get the pre-Christian people. It was Hades. Like, Jesus goes to Hades. Like, what kind of mashup is this? We've got, like, ancient Greek, and it's really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. But in um, the fourth circle... The, the real attraction here in the Inferno is uh, they have to, the people there have to push really heavy weights together and just smash them into each other again and again. It doesn't sound very fun. It doesn't really sound associated with greed, but it's just like, well, this would be annoying. Go ahead and Maybe do that. this is where all the, like, those games, like, take the hammer and hit the bell with it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot about just smashing things, I guess. Um, the fifth circle is anger or wrathfulness um the furies reside here and um it's getting close to the city called dis which i think is where satan lives i'm not exactly sure but um there's a city on the cusp of of this one and this is the part where dante starts to kind of question his own life and like have i been angry this is maybe the first sin that he really associates himself with and he sees kind of the first through sixth circle as more forgivable. Like they're kind of just typical sins. They're not necessarily like evil. It's kind of like each of these are like main sins we shouldn't do, but they're, there's more of a chance for those people. Those people aren't necessarily evil. They just kind of had a weakness, which according to me, that's what it means to be human. Um, so I think everyone would go <laughs> here to one of these. Um, but yeah, uh, the fifth circle doesn't, have a ton of interesting things going on there um, people are fighting each other that's pretty much it <laughs> anger yeah any anger based attractions jumping to mind for you mm, maybe another possibly. place for smashing things like we did on uh yeah the fourth floor cool um the sixth circle is for heresy which uh, arguably is what we're doing right now in this episode um, which this is yeah rejection of religious and or political norms. Um, there's the city of Dis here, so aesthetically it would look different. There's like a, a big city here. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. this section can kind of look like this can be where there's like the city, the courthouses and the churches, and but the twisted heck versions of them. That's cool, fascinating. So yeah, we can have different kinds of architecture from around the world or whatever um aesthetically here there's also the the heretics are trapped inside of flaming tombs so i think that would look really rad and really metal this whole thing would be a great photo shoot for like a metal band though by the way um yes we should have little spots set up where you can pose with guitars or whatever i don't know skulls 
Uh, yeah, with little wardrobes of like leather jackets and studs and hats and wigs and sunglasses and prop yeah. instruments. One of the one of the coolest things that I saw when I was in Salem, Massachusetts, where the witch trials were, where some of where one of many witch trials were, um, there was uh, they, there was a mock trial that they did where it started in the middle of like the street where they, there was like a pilgrim lady walking around and a bunch of dudes like cornered her and they're like she's a witch and. And the the constable comes up and he's like, "What's going on here?" And like they they take her to the courthouse and you can be part of the crowd that gathers around Whoa. them and go to the court and be one of the jurors. And uh, if they had something like that, but rather than being a witch trial, it would just be for like a trial for you know whatever they have trials for in heck. Wow, that's really cool. And and the idea so so much of this is kind of about justice, right? Because it's it's punishment for your crimes like you've been convicted and sentenced and this is your punishment so the idea of having it's almost like having a a courthouse within a prison or something like that it's kind of an interesting thing it's like run by the inmates um it would be a different kind of justice system that happens there i imagine Um, well you can be fascinating you as showing up as a jury member could bear witness to two different types of cases there'd be the ones where you're going to vote on a human's fate, like are they guilty of this crime and what type of sentencing do they get? How do they get punished for eternity? And then one where you vote on a demon who is being accused of doing something wholesome and nice and whether or not he's guilty of helping an old lady across the street. He's like, I didn't do it, I swear. <laughs> That's amazing. I like that a lot. And I think, yeah, just being able to do a lot of like uh, farcical satirical commentary on justice or justice throughout time and cultures it could be an educational thing too like through that satire through that those um, mocking trials basically I think that'd be really interesting that sounds awesome man um, so th- that's the end of the sixth circle so those first six are are less intense perhaps beyond here <laughs> You, you should have a hell pass if you want to go here. Um, the seventh one is violence. Um, oh. Yeah. So there's three different rings of this. On the outer one, uh, you are getting shot with arrows. <laughs> the middle one, you're being perpetually eaten by harpies. And then the middle one, um, I actually don't know what happens to you. So that's not good. Um, oh. But yeah, it's, it's for... The third one is actually for blasphemers the central one which is interesting to me that that that's considered violence but you're being violent against god or nature if you are a blasphemer and uh it's interesting too because this is a christian depiction or a depiction of one individual christian dante alighieri and um but he also makes a comment that even people who have blasphemed against zeus or the gods are being punished here in this christian version of hell which is kind of interesting they're like yeah you know we'll we'll punish the people who blasphemed against you other gods as well you false and lying gods it's interesting yeah Uh, so i'm i'm picturing right as you walk in you get 
hit with a volley of holographic arrows. So you like walk in, you're like, oh my god, like it catches you <laughs> off guard, startles you. Yeah. No kidding, that would be terrifying. Um, and then they they actually have real archers with real arrows for those who have the they're proudly wearing their little lanyard with the health pass on it. They're like, I'm going to actually shoot with an arrow now. <laughs> you knew yeah, that this layer s- was called violence, right? They scan everyone coming through the passes. <laughs> so if it's like a group of four coming through the door, they're like, Oh, all these guys got health passes. You guys are good. Yeah, <laughs> Fire <come> away. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, the, the archers at the top, like they scan right. them and they're like, oh, wait, we got to do the holograms, guys. There's a couple people with heck passes. But <laughs> if they're like, all right, boys, hit them the with the real group. arrows. Yeah. I love that. And it, it's like at um, it's like at Coldstone or something when you put a tip in the tip jar and they all start singing. Like if you have a whole group of health pass people, like all the archers just like start singing their little we're happy song because they can actually <laughs> snipe some people now. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so we, it's important to have really vigilant uh, ticket takers or, or pass checkers at the entrance to the seventh circle. Uh, um, all right, cool. Any we could do arrow based. Um, well, this is still coaster. violence, right? It is violence. Yeah. Oh, seventh, so it's second to last. Okay, or third to last. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think you know, like the obvious thing is, is you know, we could host. You know, you have mixed martial arts boxing yeah, matches and stuff. Yeah. But uh but yeah, maybe there would just be a lot of fun from like the, the simulated you know, simulating this layer of hack with big, big, scary there's like giant animatronic demons. Like this is where you go to see the there there's like one animatronic demon that's all over the commercials you know like he's got a name yeah. like hecktooth it's like stop in this friday and see hecktooth family <laughs> is awesome. free yeah like yeah i love like that. that that's really cool and we could maybe do some cross promotion with our um dark souls theme park which was called park souls prepare to have fun um we could park do some cross promotion with them and some events uh, some tie-in events here, and I think a lot of that would be focused in, and displayed on the violence floor. And also Dante's Inferno, the video game. We could have some, some little stations shown up or a, a little film house, a little cinema house showing Dante's Inferno, the, uh, the film, here. Uh, just for all the violence, you know? Um, historical figures, we've got a lot here because um, it's con- this is where people who commit suicide are go- going. So... All your favorite rock stars are here. Um, pretty brutal stuff. Pretty somber, <laughs> macabre things. But, uh, you know, meet your favorites. Yeah, this will also be where we'll have, like, the uh, the sad emo goth boy, like, sections. Uh, you know. I think that might be the, our, our whole demographic for this whole theme park, though. It's, yeah, it's that's mostly the emos only and people. goths, I think. Yeah, I, I know that's why I am so interested in making this. Is That's how I identify personally as a, a happy emo gothic uh, good boy who wants to be bad. So I'm definitely in the target demographic here. And uh, yeah, it would be fun. We could do concerts here too. Maybe this is like more thrash or, or hardcore um, music is, is played here.
And so what kind of presence does the devil have at the park? Wow, that is a great question. Um, wow, and there's different depictions and different versions of, of the devil versus Satan versus Lucifer. Are those the same thing? And there's a lot of nuance there, a lot of characters. And who is that guy with the pitchfork and the you know, cloven hooves and all that stuff? Um, classically, Satan lives on the, in the ninth circle. And so I think he's going to be like a big feature there. But I definitely think, yeah, there should be all kinds of demons and interesting um, entities throughout that, that can be attractions or um, just mascot type characters walking around. Or, you know, you get your picture being punished by them or you can actually be tortured by them depending on what level of pass you get. But I think tons of presence is the correct answer there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's an artist... Um, named Hieronymus Bosch, who has done this this work called The Garden of Earthly Delights. Have you seen it? Yes. It's so cool. just bizarre and amazing and fascinating and huge. I would recommend looking up a picture of it. Um, the, it's called The Garden of Earthly Delights. There's so much cool stuff to see there. And I think putting some of those bizarre characters around um, this theme park or using that art style would be so weird and unnerving and fascinating and i would just love that i agree yeah i didn't even think about that <laughs> th mining that like a uh, work like that for like doing specific references to that work all over the park would just yeah. be wonderful because there's so many freaking weird things in that triptych which are really cool um yeah i'm down and i, I would love to have uh the satan as depicted by ned flanders um running around this theme park i love that character i love ned flanders period but when he's the devil he's especially interesting yes. and uh yeah featuring him heavily is something i really want to do like maybe that's the only depiction of satan is the simpsons ned flanders version i don't know i i shouldn't have full um you know gluttonous control of this of this design but uh but I want to. <laughs> that would be so great. I would love yeah. that. Just That's get the great, licensing. Yeah. They're like, we don't need, no, we don't need all the Simpsons licensing. Just Ned, devil Ned Flanders. We don't even need <laughs> normal Ned Flanders. I like it a lot. Um, and yeah, we can feature um, a band I haven't had a chance to plug on the show yet. Uh, they are called Oakley Doakley. And they're all dressed as Ned Flanders all the time and most of their lyrics are direct quotes from Ned Flanders, but they're just like a <laughs> metalcore band. So maybe they'll play on the seventh circle sometimes. <sighs> right. Into it. Um, the next one is fraud. Um, for some reason, Dante didn't like people who commit fraud. Um, panderers, seducers, flatterers, sorcerers, and false prophets, liars, thieves, etc. Um, people here have to stand headfirst in stone bowls and, in, endure flames upon their feet so doesn't sound that bad really for being the second to last level or circle of hell but <laughs> I, I wouldn't really want to have my feet put into flames yeah that's weird Not maybe so that's though. where all the psychics are that's where you know. go to get your psychic readings <laughs> <laughs> that's great and you could have like magicians because it did say something about sorcerers you can have a big magic show um, that's the eighth circle could be a good place to learn about, um, the American, uh, 
I don't know, political and um, capitalism. There's all kinds of, <laughs> of educational content available on the fraud circle here. Oh, man. Yeah, what a wild place. Uh, yeah, I think magic would be really cool, actually. Seeing some, some oh, cool yeah, illusions or, or like close-up magic sure. or whatever. I'm into it. We could have street magicians, mm-hmm. like professional street yeah, magicians. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love that. Um, the ninth one is treachery. This is the deepest circle of hell where Satan resides. Um, and it's interesting. Satan is trapped in a frozen lake. He has big wings. He keeps flapping his wings trying to get out. He's just like frantically trying to get out. And evidently the the force or some kind of magic of him flapping his wings keeps the lake frozen. Whereas if he was to relax and stop flapping his wings, he might be able to escape, but he's not stopping. So it's an interesting visual, and I think that could be a cool attraction if you get strapped into Satan's Satan. wings and get whipped around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Classic Satan, eternally flapping his wings, just like we always see him depicted. I didn't even know Satan had wings necessarily. Huh. I, I picture a cape. A cape doesn't work so well with wings, you know. Do you do you picture a cape? Do you have a, a yeah? I don't know a go-to depiction of Satan. I'm just thinking of of the. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's Ned Flanders to be quite frank. But I'm also picturing um, who else has a cool cape? I'm maybe Dead Man um, and yeah, uh, with the big Doctor collar. Strange, like that kind of a cape. It's just a red thing with like a pointy collar. Yeah, an Alucard in the Marvel universe, I think, um, has yeah. a similar vibe. Interesting. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool to have that as a giant animatronic or holographic. Yeah, that'll be the Satan. big. That'll be the big mechanical uh, attraction. The big giant one that everyone's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. it's satan yeah why well, i'm sitting here like what would satan be like satan's not yeah. gonna be the giant rope of course Ooh, right but i still think it could what be if, <laughs> would that well be yeah space? there could be more satans all throughout the park satan appears in all different ways but uh yeah mm-hmm. that would be great absolutely <laughs> gotta catch them all all right. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, that yeah, sounds cool. Any other I, I treachery think, uh, things that you'd want to put here? I think I'm... Yeah. I feel good about this. Um, the next level is, is called the center of hell, also which contains Satan. But in this case, it, the, he is a three-headed beast, um, which each Wait. one is eating a different specific person. I think... Well, a lot of this stuff is also described in the ninth circle, so I think there's kind of yeah. Wait, the I thought the ninth circle was the into last the center of hell circle. Yeah, uh, maybe it is. I think yeah, maybe my notes are just I labeled it. That's a weird a place hell, to put the center too at the, the bottom. <laughs> like not on you, I mean on Dante or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they mean the center of. Yeah, of I guess the they just didn't know what center know. meant back then. <laughs> it's interesting, right? I mean, yeah, they thought we the, right. 
the universe. It turns out they were actually right this whole time. They were just using the wrong words. They just didn't know what the words they were using meant. (laughs) They're like, no, the earth is at the center of the universe. Which to them meant it's not at the center. Meaning, yeah. No, the center doesn't even mean the bottom (laughs) to them. They just thought it meant not at the center. Not the center. (laughs) Yeah, I think just making this a generally uncomfortable place would be cool. It's it's described throughout different depictions as being too hot and too cold. The, um, I want that quote on a shirt or something, just Andrew Spawn. I just think making this a generally uncomfortable place would just be really cool. <laughs> just out of context. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, you're right. That does, that's a very me thing. Like I feel like that really sums me up well. Um, in Hinduism, the, the Naraka has those 28 different elements, or maybe different versions, um, depending on which which text you're looking at but generally there's eight helms that are hot and eight helms that are cold um and then a bunch of other ones it's fun to like go through and read all of the different ones like there's one for um there's one that translates to cooked in a pot which is for people who cook beasts and birds alive they get boiled in oil um it's pretty gross um but yeah there's just like just things that are generally uncomfortable so i think it would be interesting to do attractions that are just like um, you know, one of them could just be like walking across a, a bed of coals. One of them could be like um, walking across a bunch of Legos or like being slowly dragged across sandpaper. Like there's these various like gentle <laughs> torture things that are very uncomfortable but won't hurt you very bad. Just giving people like sure. a, and so uh, much know, of this could of be, would be really so much nice. of this park could be like a wax museum <laughs> sure. type approach where it's just like, look at this cool thing that a cool artist made to represent this, Ooh. And, you know. I like the idea too of, of kind of like a path to salvation or something. We could give like an overall story of, you can either follow, one way we could set it up like kind of narratively is you're following along with, with Dante and Virgil taking a tour of this place, basically kind of like um, a Christmas carol or something. Um, but it could also be where you are being punished and you have to kind of work off your debt, so to speak, to to come out saved on the other side, um, working towards salvation or something, which, which could be interesting. You have to like earn some kind of currency by doing a bunch of tasks on each layer to, to be able to move up to the next one. Like maybe you could start at the ninth circle or something like that and try to work your way out or maybe the sixth circle. Cause I think it, once you're in those bottom three, if you've been sent there, you're probably not going to get out, but I don't know. There's a lot of ways we could set this up. Um, but I think just exploring it, would be wild and fascinating and each circle is so different from the other one uh yeah i think i think it's a wild theme park and it contains a lot of stuff and there's a lot to think about and reflect upon and uh i think a lot of the memories would stick with you <laughs> like think of yeah if you're picturing you know bearded god from the simpsons when you're like trying to make a moral decision nathan like if you've actually been through the right. seven circles of them, yeah, maybe wow. those would come to mind instead. I like that. <laughs> wow.
another thing that I was thinking that reminded me of The Simpsons, which was uh, there some you know, the Talmud, for example, references this kind of hellish place called Gehenna, and that gets translated into hell sometimes, which was an ancient uh, landfill type thing near Jerusalem where some of the kings of Judah would sacrifice their children because it was on fire all the time. And so I'm like, well, maybe that's like the tire fire in Springfield. <laughs> and we can have, this was like before I had realized that there was essentially a castle on the first circle. I'm like, well, maybe we'll just have like a huge like pile of trash that's on fire all the time. And that can be like our central thing. Like um, that draws people in. They're like, oh, look, a huge landfill that's on fire. Let's go there. That sounds fun. Yeah. Have you ever been to one of those giant, fires like the big bonfires where they burn the flags no oh man yeah like the army when they get rid of their flags they do it in a giant bonfire and uh it's wow when i say giant i mean giant like a hundred foot bonfire like it's like it's crazy you could stand like half a mile away and feel the heat like it's it's so crazy wow that sounds might, cool. Yeah, I'm probably way off on my figures. Like, I'm not good at estimating, like, sizes or distances, but really cool. That sounds it sounds hot, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm hot. into it. <laughs> that's hot. I like it. Um, yeah, man. I think we have made something really enjoyable that people are just going to love. Um, people of all ages love going to heck. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a special thing we could do, like maybe a daycare type of area, because there is um, in the Christian tradition, it's not universally accepted, but there's the limbo of the infants, which is for people who haven't been baptized yes. yet and aren't old enough to commit their own sins. So that could be like our daycare area. Um, if you, you bring like a little tot who you don't have to like deal with the whole time, just leave them at the limbo of the, inf- of the uh, infants and... Uh, you can go on your little sinful journey down here. Right. And then the like caretakers will like talk to the children about like that, that philosophical problem of how like, well, you know, like what is a child who hasn't had a chance to accept Christ? What happens to them when they die? Exactly. Yeah. So you pick your child back (laughs) up and they're well on their way to be visiting this park several times again throughout their life. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, this has been a wild journey. Uh, thank you for going along with me on that one. It's always good to have someone walking alongside as you as you descend the depths of the inferno. It's always good, yes. <laughs> Universally. Except when that person is Chiron. Like, sometimes it's like, Chiron, like, I just died. Can you just shut up for a second? Like, <laughs> trying to process all this. And, like, I got your coin, dude. Like, jeez. I'm going through some things right now, actually. I'll give you two coins when we get there, man. Just give me a second. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Wow. So hopefully this episode didn't bore everybody out there. But if you come up with uh, other ideas or things we missed... Um, that should be depicted here in our version of Heck. Feel free to reach out on social media. Um, give us your suggestions. That always helps. That's always fun. Um, but we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Amusement Sparks. Lazy River Sticks. Don't bother tweeting us about that one because I said it. That's so. very That's very good, yes. I didn't know what, what floor that should go on because there is a river, but I didn't remember where it was. Um, but that might be a thing for Limbo or something where it's a transition... Um, type of thing 
because there yeah there's a very similar thing in dante's inferno where it's like yeah it's not literally called the river sticks but it's basically like oh yeah i just took this thing from from greek literature and here it is cool man so if uh the audience wants to learn more about you and your own personal version of hell uh where would they find <laughs> Well, if you'd like our, our content, our website is secretroommultimedia.com. That's by R. I don't mean me and Andrew. I mean me and Craig, my podcast partner. Uh, and you can hear some of our podcasts there or on any – wherever you're listening to this, you can probably hear our podcast as well. We're on Spotify, you know, like all those things. And, uh, yeah, it's Silph Radio, S-I-L-P-H, if you're into Pokemon – or you can check out Fair Point Podcast, Fair Enough Podcast, uh, Riddle Me This Batman Podcast, and more coming soon. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show, man. This was uh, a daunting task. A Dante task? There's a joke there somewhere. Um, but I'm glad we went through it. That was tons of fun. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I, um, I can't wait. Again, honestly, like out of the, what, I think three that we were waiting to do, this was my, the one I was least excited about, and this was a blast, so I can't <laughs> wait to do the other two.